This is the 10-Minute Take with host John Stackhouse, delivering up-to-date insights and perspectives from RBC's analysts and experts on financial and economic developments related to the COVID-19 crisis. It's Monday, June 29th, and I'm joined today by Katgan Morale, media analyst at RBC Capital Markets in New York. Katgan, welcome to the call. Thanks for having me. The media and entertainment worlds have gone through profound changes in this crisis, starting with a lot of cord cutting. Why is it accelerating in the crisis, and how do you anticipate it going in the coming months and quarters? Well, so just taking a step back, the number of total pay TV subscribers in the United States has been declining since its peak in 2012. And even prior to the pandemic, we have seen the subscriber declines or cord cutting actually accelerate every quarter since the end of 2018. We've unsurprisingly seen consumers migrate away from traditional video services where costs have continued to creep up towards streaming alternatives, which have significantly ramped their content investments over the years. In the early stages of the pandemic, there was some hope that this erosion could stabilize given the benefits from the increased utility of bundled pay TV offering, whether it's from people spending more time in the home or a greater demand to stay connected or be tuned in with the world through local or national news coverage. Instead, we've seen nearly every operator report wider than expected subscriber losses in the March quarter, with cord cutting continuing to accelerate despite the shelter-in-place mandates. We believe this has been driven by the increased adoption of direct-to-consumer alternatives, which may have seen a pull forward of demand through the lockdowns, as well as disruption across sports programming. Before we get to the streaming phenomenon, are you anticipating major advertising shifts to go with those big numbers of cord cutters? I think it's too early to tell, but we worry that it might. In the United States, linear TV advertising revenue has already seen secular and cyclical pressures over the last decade with headwinds from ratings declines. TV viewership increasingly shifting to platforms that are either not measured or monetized. And again, the accelerated video cord cutting that you mentioned. Going back a few years, starting around 2015, TV had already started to cede its share of ad budgets to higher growth digital platforms. Ultimately, while the reach of television remains highly valuable for marketers, these secular issues coupled with the macro shock could become the catalyst that drives an acceleration of share shift away from TV toward digital. And, and the one thing I'd mention is the value proposition that TV has long offered marketers has been this promise of mass audience reach. And there's no better way to deliver that than with sports. And sports programming could represent roughly a quarter of TV ad spend depending on the year. And so to the extent that we continue to see disruption to sports programming, the relative value of TV advertising could come down and again, continue to drive ad budgets toward digital platforms. One of the shifts we are seeing, as you noted, is to the streaming services. Who's succeeding most in this crisis? Streaming platforms across the board have seen strong trends, uh, whether it's net ads or engagement in terms of time watched. Disney Plus already had roughly 55 million global subscribers, well ahead of its initial target of reaching 60 to 90 million subscribers in roughly four years. And Disney continues to see strong growth with Hulu as well. Ultimately, though, content is the lifeblood of all of these services, and the pandemic has resulted in production halts across the world, delaying new television and theatrical product. Going forward, each of these services will need to continue to replenish their programming to satiate consumer demand. 
particularly as content consumption has likely increased throughout the lockdowns. So as a consumer, if I've already watched everything I'm interested in on Disney+, Plus, what is keeping me on that platform? In this context, Netflix appears to have a strong advantage based on its large pipeline of content that was either complete and ready for launch or in post-production when filming had already stopped a few months ago. Alternatively, newer platforms like HBO Max that are coming to market with new originals and a solid catalog, we believe will also fare well. How many streaming services can survive in this new environment? That's a big question uh, and, and big source of debate amongst investors. There's this gravitation towards the view that only two or three or perhaps four services could really scale and, and succeed in, in the so-called streaming wars. What cord cutting in effect results in is increased consumer wallet opportunity that could be directed toward these direct-to-consumer streaming platforms. And so even though you're not going to call it save $50 from cutting the cord and dedicate and allocate that $50 towards three, four, or five different streaming services, that shift should continue to propel and support streaming growth across a variety of services. Uh, we think that even if three or four services might be the majority of subscriptions in any given households, the real success or the undervalued success right now by the market might be with these niche and smaller companies like AMC Networks or Discovery who have more targeted direct-to-consumers platforms that don't necessarily need to scale up to the levels of Disney Plus and Netflix to succeed. And, and perhaps in instead of gaining five to 10 million subscribers, they could break even with the content investments that they're making. And so I think that's one interesting area that we're looking into that I don't know that the market is necessarily um, ascribing a lot of value to these smaller streaming services and their growth opportunity that lies ahead. As we eventually come out of a shelter-in-place environment, how do you anticipate households generally restructuring their entertainment budgets between the cable bill, streaming, and out-of-home entertainment? We believe that you'll continue to see this migration away from traditional video and traditional KTV towards streaming platforms. And to the extent that the ongoing macro pressures consumer discretionary spend, consumers will look to cut down on costs and switch to any number of streaming alternatives instead. And that is a trend that we don't see um, abating in the, in the near term. And, and keep in mind, it's not strictly about consumer budgets and household budgets, but it's also a matter of the utility that consumers are getting from all these new services, whether it's Netflix or Amazon or Disney Plus, who continue to ramp their content investment, that is the, the price, the retail price is certainly not going up at the same amount of content investment that these streaming platforms are making. And so it's just becoming a much more attractive form of alternative content consumption. One of the questions in play in all of this is the uh, fate and vibrancy of theaters, of cinemas, uh, not only for our own entertainment, but in terms of the production cycles of studios. How do you anticipate the push and pull of the theater calendar to evolve over the next few months? And will theaters still hold leverage over the studios? It's a very fluid situation. And I think in the near term, the, both the studios and the theaters are simply trying to figure it out. So they, there are a lot of movies that, have, that are ready to be released into the theaters, and it's 
from for both parties, they're trying to maximize the effectiveness of that programming and that content. And so Warner Brothers pushed one of their releases out two weeks. There have been discussions on whether or not Disney will be moving its film Mulan yet again. And for big budget tentpole movies that cost upwards of $200 million to produce, you really need to make sure that you're going to get a return on that investment when it airs in the theaters, as well as your ad dollars that go towards promoting the movies are efficient and are are a good source of um, investment. And so I think both parties are still trying to figure out the best path forward in the near term. Over the medium to long term, I think this pandemic has certainly raised increased attention towards what's called the premium video on demand market and whether or not the studios should be allowed to tighten and narrow the window whereby a film gets released to the theater and then it goes on to other platforms, whether it's home entertainment or streaming platforms. And, and that's been the real debate. And I think increasingly you'll see the studios gain leverage over the theaters, um, particularly as the rise of streaming continues and becomes an alternative source for these companies and the studios who also happen to have a streaming service, whether it be Disney with Disney Plus or HBO and Warner Brothers um, with HBO Max. Clearly, the crisis has disrupted both the media and entertainment worlds, and we might assume that the disruptions will continue through the recovery. Kutkin, thanks for being on the call. Thank you. And that's our 10-minute take for today. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.